to another episode of Fun With Dumb. I am your host, Dumbfounded, and today I'm joined with two of eight friends that I'm in a group chat with. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> intro you'll hear from them. But Donnie Kwok is the GM of Complex uh, High Position there. How you doing, sir? Doing excellent. Thank you for having me. I hate to be so formal. Second time. Yeah, second time. We, we tried this group chat uh, podcast episode, but there's so many people that it becomes a real chaotic and we're so not serious in the group chat usually that it just becomes this roast session. So I had to kind of <laughs> narrow it down and maybe I'll do, you know, different guests from the group chat every few episodes, but I had to start with two. So I'm starting with Donnie Kwok, who is the oldest in our group chat, a young, if you will, uh, someone we look up to as a big brother. And then the youngest in the group chat is my second guest, Jake Hee Cho. Uh, how you doing? What's sir? up? I'm good, man. What's going on? And Jakey Cho um, uh, has a shop that he is part um, owner, um, you know, I guess. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a partner. partner. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a partner in the shop. Yep. A partner in a shop called Alumni, which is like a streetwear boutique. And also just recently a TikTok um a viral sensation, if you will. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I, I don't know if I'm a sensation yet, but I actually co-produced a movie that Dumb started in called yeah, Bad Rap. I, I don't know how I didn't even start with that. That's <laughs> I know, our biggest connection right there. I know, um, for real. It's a it's a documentary on Netflix and it right follows now. four four Asian American rappers, including me, Rex Dizzy Lyrics, and of course Aquafina. And uh -huh. we shot this uh, years ago when um, uh, we were almost equally as famous, except Aquafina got <laughs> drastically much more famous than, than <laughs> when we started shooting. Nah, um, to be fair, like you was the you were the most famous one out of the group when we were initially shooting. I mean, you you, I you were uh, an icon. I mean, you still oh, are, but oh, how know. times have changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yo, how you guys doing? And you guys are calling in from New York right now. Um, we're in different coasts, and uh, I see Donnie. You know, I always look at Donnie's background, which is always the vibrant yellow and and red, and the, this kind of the Spanish, uh, yeah. like. The Dominican vibe. Airbnb vibes, McDonald's vibes. It looks like you was you be serving paella, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and that that's it's your like writing room, mad, right? Tapas in the room. Yeah, this yeah, is that. my little study uh, where I spend now a majority of every day doing Zoom meetings, exactly like this one. So. And I I know I've been to your place and it's like kind of like the small room for your study and like do you just enjoy like have you gotten used to just writing out of that small space for so long? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's also the only place in my apartment that has a door to close. So, you know, uh, if I have company or if I'm with somebody, I can always just kind of hide in here. Do you do you like the coffee shop vibes like going to work at a coffee shop and shit? I do sometimes just to break the monotony of being in your house, you know, and to get like different stimuli. But I'm pretty comfortable in here, to be honest. Like, I don't feel it's it's kind of crazy because I'm actually very claustrophobic. And th mm. and this room is actually really small, but it's funny because I'm so used to it. And I guess there's a window right here. Um, you know, if I was in a tight space like this, like on a train or in an elevator or something, I would probably get pretty nervous or anxious, yeah and i was but... thinking about that because i went i've been there and that's a kind of a small place and it, like small room yeah, and yeah for a writer you want like a lot of light and space and, i mean i got and... a window right here which you know gives me kind of a uh, something to look at but you got the yeah. intense red and yellow mcdonald's colors going on as well <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> 
uh, uh, Jay Key, how's your uh, home working environment been? I know you, I just saw a picture. You put mad plants, bro. Like you are, your plant game yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can't take full credit for that. Um, I would say sixty percent to actually, yeah, sixty-five percent is purchased by my lady CJ, but uh, the remaining thirty-five, yeah, I purchased it. So, I mean, I've been working from home for the past like six, seven, eight months. So. You know, this whole quarantine situation doesn't really, like, change much for me, except for the fact that, like, I would occasionally go out to uh, take more Thai classes or some shit like that. But, you know, yeah. aside from that, it's been pretty much the same. That's tight. That's tight. Let's talk about kind of, uh, let me, I'm going to jump into Jake first. And, um, you know, I wanted to bring Donnie on. I didn't. I, I was going to do everything individually, but I think this is a good relationship because Donnie's kind of the he he suggests a lot of things for us like maybe this will work better you know and donnie's had a lot of success in it where at complex you know he paired up Diza Simero, and i know we didn't talk about that in our podcast episode last time that's why i wanted to bring that up yeah. um and you, you're really good at kind of building those bridges into what can do better and be more successful and uh, i remember jake he was making these cooking videos on ig stories and there was something there, but no one really kind of, we didn't really, it wasn't clicking, I would say, you know? Uh, and then Donnie was like, yo, why don't you throw them shits on TikTok? And <laughs> sure enough, a few weeks ago, he throw it on TikTok. And it's so crazy, I can say a few weeks ago, because literally this was like uh, four weeks ago or so, maybe more, yeah, a little yeah, bit more. Like, uh, end, end, of, end of March, yeah. End, end of, March. of March, you go on TikTok and you put literally the same format of how you're putting doing these videos on IG stories, but in TikTok form. And it just, it goes viral. Every week, yeah. it jumps 5,000, 10,000. And now, literally tomorrow or the day after, you're going to reach 200,000 followers That's on crazy. TikTok with each TikTok getting 50,000 to a million. I saw two TikToks ago where you did one about making rice. And that one particularly <laughs> went viral. It went 1 yeah, million yeah. views. And we've seen yeah. making rice a thousand times. <laughs> And yeah. I still don't know how to make rice somehow. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, that shit got a million fucking views, bro. I know, I know. That shit, yeah. I should was... also, I want to add one thing too. I think one of the things, because JK has been doing these cooking videos on IG for a long time, like years now, right? Or at least a year. One other thing that I thought that was missing when I was watching them was like the payoff of eating the food. You would always mm. show the food being prepared and then just be like, parao, this is the end result. But I feel like there always needs to be a payoff for the viewer to see the person who made it actually eat it. Or that's it's kind true. Of a... That was always frustr That was really frustrating for me. When people don't eat the food, it's always pretty frustrating for me. Mm. I I never like not seeing. Like I hate not seeing them eat the food. Like, eat the fucking food, bro. We worked on this <laughs> together. We did this together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, I, th I think. Um, I mean, that's pretty much where um, you know, Kwok Hyung's expertise as a uh, content mastermind you know, really came into play because he was basically just telling me like, yo, well, actually, he didn't say it to me in that nice mannerism that he's displaying. And now he was just <laughs> like, yo, this shit's wild annoying, son. Just fucking get on TikTok. And I was like, damn, like, I, you know, like being a good well, Tongzeng that I am, you know, so I just tried it out. And you guys relationship like Donnie's known you since like many years ago, right? Since yeah, yeah. He's known me since I was 18, like straight out of high school, you know, so he kind of, um, you know, he helped me a lot in the industry that I was in, I guess. Like, you know, I was a, I was a writer and an editor for, you know, Double XL. You know, I was a journalist for, for the hip hop 
journalism game and he really like schooled me on that lane he helped us a lot with the bad rap um some post-production situations um and he just constantly has advised me throughout my career you know but i had no idea that he was going to be like the uh pretty much like the stimulus you know what i mean the the let, let help me, me help me reach the tipping point with this TikTok yeah, situation and well, let's be clear, the, he did all yeah. the work himself, you know, I was yeah. just kind of nudging him, yeah. So. But let me ask you this, this is funny because it's a funny dynamic when you have a mentor who's guiding you through things and, you know, <laughs> you've, you've accomplished a lot of things in your own right, you know, but how does it feel, Donnie, like, there's one that, like, really hit it off, like, this shit really worked, you know what I'm saying? Now yeah. that he's doing it as your mentee in, in the, like, one thing really taking off and working, like, how do you feel? Do you, do you, are you... And because you're really, I think when you have, when you play that young role, you get like real harsh with your yeah. mentee and you're like real uh, brutal with your honesty and how you give advice. I mean, um, where, where do you, how do you feel about this whole TikTok thing? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, you, you say it like I have a lot of mentees, which I really don't. I mean, <laughs> JK and, and my relationship, I think is pretty unique. And I think just even from day one meeting him there's aspects of his character that are totally opposite of me and that i actually kind of envy in a way or have been jealous even in a way of the way he puts himself out there and just does things where i kind of struggle with exposing myself paul so to speak you know like as far as like because when you make content and you put yourself out there especially if you're the face of something you know, you got to be prepared for blowback and pushback. And JK, I know you even felt it on TikTok. So I feel like uh, I, you know, when I see him blowing up, there's a little bit of envy there too, of just like, wow, you know, he just did his thing, didn't think about it, put it out there. And obviously I'm proud and supportive because, you know, I thought from day one, JK, I mean, as you know, and anybody that knows him, he's kind of a unicorn. Like he, he's a, he's a strange individual. Like, his background, his upbringing, and like his interests are just really weird. You know what I mean? Like overall, the overall package. And so, I mean, Jacob could speak to this when he was kind of interning at Complex and going into the journalism route. I, I kind of was like, yo, bro, we don't really need another rap journalist. Like there's a million of those. Like you have so many other things that make you unique. You should lean into those. And I think over time he's done that. And I, I think result. there's something about you know, because Jake, he's been who he is for a while and he's gone, even gone on little reality shows like Show Me the Money and shown his personality, which hasn't is not that different from what he does on his TikTok. Yeah, and we should but talk I, about the New York accent, too. And I think that's that has plays a big element when it comes to food, because when you talk about food, food is like a very delicate and pretty thing almost, you know, with all the ingredients you talk about when you attach like hip hop vernacular to it. I think there's a beautiful entertaining thing that happens yeah you know what i'm saying and i think maybe because of the fact that he attached his personality and the way he talks with food is what kind of um made people drawn to it yeah and and kind of yeah and and you know i mean but it's the asianness is a huge factor too because we have True. seen like action bronson right in the kitchen right kind of hip-hop slang rap slang and cooking but jakey being korean being asian is is like an added novel layer that people haven't seen before that people are reacting to and grabbing onto so. i i kind of respect that with you jk because when you in the rick uh my boy rick does this too we all know rick lyrics 
uh, where they t when they talk about Korean stuff, you guys just kind of just say the the Korean word, like pronounce it right. exactly Korean. Like y'all don't yeah, like yeah. package <laughs> it for like white yeah, people we, or like the yeah, masses. Yeah, we don't we don't like to romanize it, you know. <laughs> and I respect that because for me, naturally, I kind of do that. Like if I'm talking about kalbichim, I'll like say. Uh, braised short rib and, and <laughs> pronounce and I'll explain. I'll say that first and then, right, right, and then right. say we call and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that just naturally. Like I, I do that. But with y'all, like y'all don't give a fuck. Y'all just be like, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like yeah, it's like this, you know. Because if you like, for instance, I think one thing that me and Rick we were talking about is you know how like Big Pun, there are certain Spanish phrases that he would just say in his raps you know without like really giving a fuck about what other people think like he's not really trying to over explain himself and i think that should be the same way for korean food because you know for italian food like we're not trying to like if it's a particular type of pasta you know they say what it is you know what i'm saying so why can't that be for like sesame oil or kimchi or why do i gotta say yo pickled radish with cabbage you know what i'm saying we're sounding like that so it's true I think, it's true i i you think know, i th i I, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't approach it like that way on my end. I was like thinking in a different way, and you're completely right. Right, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, to to add on to Donnie Young's um, points, like, yeah, definitely people have been reacting to it, uh, mostly positive. There's obviously a, a few jabs of like questions. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, you know, try to like check my validity. Um, but I think you know, I feel you know, I've been I've been getting questioned about this since I became a young adult. So. And I've always been true to myself, and you know, I you know, I never really had to over-explain myself. Like after I told him, like, "Yo, this is like my third language," you know, my parents don't didn't teach me English. I learned how to speak English through listening to rap music and other influences growing up in Queens, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? So I think, um, yeah, like I, I, you know, I never really had to go back or feel like, yo, like you know, obviously I'm a human being at the end of the day, so there's. You know certain emotions that come out like yo who the fuck are these fools that don't even know me in person but well, at the end of the yeah, day me, it's all good you know let me let me back up the conversation a little bit because um you know we're talking about uh the way people talk a little accents right and we're talking and, and i know you were participating in the new york best accent uh competition that was thrown by new york nico and this was a competition to celebrate the new york accent and that got me thinking too like who owns the new york accent what are the influences because i know some criticisms that we're talking about with you or even that i've gotten at times in hip-hop an asian person in hip-hop is like people saying you talk in black like if mm -hmm. you if you talk about like in TikTok, in, in what you do i mean um in the way you talk like is that black is that new york like and what does that mean if it's a new york accent like who owns that i think i mean Shit. <laughs> Somebody just rang my bell. My fault. Yeah, no, nah, I think, um, I mean, it'd be a lot to say that it doesn't have black influence because um, I have grown, you know, I grew up listening to rap music and I've emulated rappers. I idolize rappers and a lot of the rappers that I idolize, they're black, yeah. you know, so there's no escape in that conversation. Like, I'm and never going to deny too. that. And it's New York, too. And it's specifically, New York. Yeah. yeah, specifically African-Americans from different parts of New York, you know? So there's no denying that, you know, but yeah. is it a, is it a form of adulation? Is it a form of like a culmination of different experiences as, you know, second generation immigrants where um, English is not our first language? Like we're picking up different, you know, different traits and different accents from different people. 
because this is not my first language, you know? Like, if you ask me to speak Korean, I'm most likely going to sound like how my father talks, you know what I'm saying? But with English, it's different, at least for me. So, um, to and to your point about, like, who owns the accent, I think New York City, like, if you think, if you talk about, like, Italians that first immigrated, you know, they were marginalized at one point. But now, because of the Italian influence in New York City, like, a lot of people just kind of associate New York accent to be something that they might seen on, like, a mobster flick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, like... How like Yiddish, like you know how Jewish folks talk, you know what I'm saying? Like Jewish American folks talk, and you know, but but things change, you know what I'm saying? There's constantly a new flow of immigrants coming in. There's new influences happening, and all of that culminates into an individual like me, and I'm a byproduct of that. And that's I mean? why I think I, I like the converse. I like the New York what a New York accent represents because when I think when I hear the fuck out of here, like I don't I don't associate one ethnic group with that. You know what right. I mean? You can see like a Sean Price. I can picture like a Sean Price saying "fuck out of here," and I can, right, right, I, I right. can picture an Italian old mob dude who's like, yeah. you know, it, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, and it's the same thing for you because you know, like you know, I, whenever I go to LA, I always see y'all saying, "Yo, what up, fool?" Like, you know, that yeah, shit is yeah, yeah. that's you know, like you know, I have you a associate, very Cali accent. Yeah, you know, a lot Cali of people stuff. associate that with Chicano culture, but yeah. you know, you're obviously not Mexican, but you grew up around that. And it's, yeah. it's it's inevitable that you're going to be influenced by that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I will say this, like, you know, watching New York Nico's competition and the competitors within it, I think it's there is like a distinction between hip hop accent, hip hop New York and non hip hop New York. And you saw that mm. kind mm. of starkly in like the people, the white people from Bensonhurst versus the people that are influenced are black or are influenced, you know, by hip hop, like the way they talk in the slang. So it's almost like almost a separate category. And it seems almost unfair to pair like Chaz Parliamentary against JK, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. What's a non hip hop one? Is it more like Jewish? Like, is I, it? I would say it's a culmination of Jewish, Italian, Irish as well. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it's it's a mix of all of that. And, you know, obviously a huge uh, Latino culture, Puerto Rican, Dominican. You know, there's you know, there's definitely like intonations and in how they talk, but all of that it's it's just kind of like a hodgepodge, you know. Especially for me, growing up in Queens, like my little like my lunch table was literally like the UN. You know what I mean? Everybody in my lunch table was a different race, and everybody had a little bit of accent, and they all knew like we all used to curse at each other in different languages. So and you know, but the but the common denomin but the common factor that we all shared was. Like if the new 50 Cent mixtape came out, we all, you know, was bumping that shit. So, you know, it's, it, it you know, I kind of feel like, like, like Jason Young, who's in our chat, we, we, you know, usually says whenever we have this conversation is like, yo, people need to go make more friends. You know what I'm saying? Like they need to get out of their immediate bubble and make more friends, you know? So yeah. let me ask y'all this, both of y'all, because we've talked about this and um, we, we've shared a lot of stuff in the group chat about the recent like xenophobic attacks in our communities and stuff too. And I know you guys have a lot of colleagues and coworkers and friends that are multi-ethnic. That is like the UN, like you just said, um, in your high school, the way you grew up. Are these conversations you guys are having within each other as well? Like you and your friends, like your black friends, your Latino friends or whatnot? I mean, I in regarding attacks against Asians and things like that? Yeah, I'm just curious because, you know, I feel like a lot of Asians amongst their friends are talking about shit, right? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I haven't really heard much of, like, 
I haven't seen much of these, uh, I, or at least maybe I, I, I don't know about them, but I haven't seen a lot of the uh, panels and IG lives and stuff about the, with the two communities or even heard from my Asian friends and what they've talk, been talking about. And I feel like that dialogue is more important than Asians talking about it. No, nah, for sure. Other. Yeah, it's, instead of like just a bunch of Asians like circle jerking each other, you know what I'm saying? Like I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it'd be appropriate to uh, address it amongst yeah, I've definitely had like casual conversations, but not like to the degree of like having something that is super in depth. I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I would also say it's a, it's a very specific time in this country, in this world, you know. So obviously, racism or xenophobic attacks against Asians is bad. We can all agree on that. But there's like so many other things that people are dealing with on a day to day basis that on the priority list. It's if you unemployed or you're suffering from the economic downturn or you got furloughed or someone in your family, heaven forbid, is sick, that's going to obviously take priority. Right. That, right. that, that does make uh, that is interesting. And that is that, you know, that is something that a lot of people haven't talked about, because obviously we all get fired up, right, about things that hit home to us directly. Um, and it, it is it is hard to get a whole movement behind something when everyone is going through like a crazy time right now. Yeah, and I would say in in general, in crazy times, in times of crisis, sometimes people's human beings' worst tendencies come out. You know, uh, whether it, 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 it's it's you know, I think fear is as contagious as the virus. You know, like people having these kind of, and and acting out on those fears. Um, whether it's attacking Asian people or, or being biased against them. I mean, I think it's all kind of in the same. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I totally agree with you on that. Um, and I think I think one thing that kind of did bother me was um, some of these like attacks against uh, Asian, uh, you know, a lot of helpless people, you know, older folks, um, you know, women, older women um, that, you know, is not going to retaliate. Um, and I think when these attacks are being captured or shared on social media, I think the unfortunate part is a lot of people not looking at it as a, a you know, a person doing dumb shit, but they kind of paint it automatically associated with race. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this, like, yeah, race is a big factor in America. It is, is inevitable and is inescapable, but I just don't, you know, I think, I think it needs to be called out when, uh, when one certain group of people kind of paint another group of people as one way you know what i'm saying like you know just because like two black kids attack an asian older an older asian woman you know you shouldn't be on social media saying yo black people is this way you know what i mean and but vice and vice versa you know just because like okay like allegedly this virus um you know has something to do with bats in china don't be going out there and saying like yo see an asian person be like yo i'll fuck you up or like yo y'all eat bats you know what i'm saying like and i think you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I just think, um, you know, to your point, Dom, like, I think more conversation should be had amongst different races, you know, instead of, again, going back to the part about the accent challenge of how some people just doesn't like comprehend, like, yo, kid, like JK could exist. I think we just need to make a lot more friends, man. You know what I mean? Just hang out with each other more. I mean, I will say though, it, it, we are very fortunate uh, for us to be involved in that community and we're able to have conversations as people part of the hip hop community, 
you know, like we understand the language to communicate with each other as well through through that culture. And not mm-hmm. a lot of people have that. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And, and I think, yeah, go ahead. No, and I, and I think that's the other part of food too because, uh, you know, like, you know, growing up, again, in Queens, like, I, I was able to uh, relate with different races more when I first tried, like, jerk chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, not all black people are the same. Like, there's, like, a whole plethora of different types of black people. You know what I mean? Or, like, different types of brown people. Like, you know, there's a difference between people from, like, Afghanistan to India. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, different types of South Asian people, you know, like different types of uh, Europeans. So I think that's why, like, you know, my, you know, it, it's almost kind of like a, a your, uh, you know, like a, a beautiful moment that this hip hop thing connecting with the food thing, you know, embodiment yeah. with J Key on TikTok. I it's mean, just that's a bong bong beautiful situation. Wow, you, know you took it back to the TikTok <laughs> somehow. You know I was like, how, did, how the fuck did that go back to the TikTok you know account? I mean, you know I, mean? I, I see you. I mean, you're going to have, that's the main thing about, you know, what people don't want to see is somebody who's not familiar with the culture acting like they are. You know what I'm right. saying? And and the more you people know that you are an authentic voice or you're part of the culture is when they're going to accept you. And that's in comedy, that's in music or whatnot. You okay, know? so let me, and, let me put let me push back on that for a second, yeah, though. Sure. Just playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, FYI, Donnie Hill loves to be the devil's advocate in every I'm situation. Just, I, I'm just saying, if, if if the account on TikTok wasn't at J.K. Cho and it was at John Johnson and it was a black kid mm-hmm. cooking, you know, like maybe not Asian dishes, but just cooking and using the same kind of slang and the same quote-unquote accent, would that have as much traction or go viral or get production companies notice or get seeded products and things like that yeah. like jake is yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe no not. hold on hold on i didn't i didn't yeah. put any other other intel out there yet. <laughs> yo quack your i'm saying hypothetically hypothetically he's getting attention pretty much he's just saying right, getting right, attention yeah, and yeah, i know yeah. what but, you mean but that's and, ultimately what the pushback on i mean black scent the concept in and of itself is kind of offensive because it assumes that black people talk a certain way and they right. don't mm. there's like black people yeah. talk all kinds of ways but right. if we're going to use that argument, that's kind of what people get angry about is that right. this dude's getting a look capitalizing on something that we don't get. We don't have the ability to capitalize on because it's not novel. And I get that. But the attention that you get, you can't control that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We can't control the attention that you get. And it's not and that the attention comes from black people, white people, Latino. It's not like, you know, just non-black people showing attention to that you know what i mean yeah yeah like for instance like if i was like a a a trainee right like a a k-pop idol trainee you know and then like somebody taught me okay this is what you're gonna do and this is what you have to do and then you know and that you reap a lot of benefits from that you know if it's like manufactured then yeah like it's questionable but like i've been this way before yeah, and, and, and to be fair, like, yo, I haven't gotten a single check from TikTok at five, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, we are kind of gas. We are gas. You know what I mean? Like, like I was like, yo, it's right like, now. yo, like, <laughs> well, okay, like, I, 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 I was using you as the example because yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't do any, you know, 
You know what I'm saying? So we're all like, if, he's made, he really did it. He really yeah, made I was it. Like, Yo, like, <laughs> I haven't got a single cent from it. You know what I'm saying? I, so. I know what Donnie's saying though. It's the same conversation about an Asian person. I talk about this too because I I agree with you, Donnie. Like I used to go to an open mic where or, it was or, predominantly or a white person too. You know what I mean? Like people could. Yeah, yeah and I, I used to go to open mic where. And the funny thing is, when people ask me this question, is like they make it sound like it's a it, it was a huge struggle for me because I'm in a predominantly black you know uh, mm-hmm. art form, but the the actuality is I it 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 made me feel like I stood out more and there was going to be more attention on me. Like I saw it early on, you know what I mean. And I agree with you in that in that sense that you know people could make you make it seem like a struggle when you're going into this art form, but when you go into it. You know what you what you do. Hip hop is about standing out. So if you understand that, you know how you're going to be treated when you go in. There will be attention. It could be negative attention or positive, but at least you're getting the attention. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to to that point, like when I was a uh, a rap journalist, I go to any sort of uh, a listening party, right? I'm usually one of the two Asians. It was me and Mikey Fresh. You know what I'm saying? And like, um. You know, I, I, at the, at that time, in that particular time, like we had to work double to really kind of prove ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like to uh, usually a room full of black and, you know, some like white publicists here and there. But, you know, a lot of black writers and black industry industry folks, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, we wasn't necessarily getting like extra looks or, you know, extra props because we well, were, yeah, you I know, get it. we I were like participants where we wanted to be participants in that culture. You know what I'm saying? It's so, like bad rap, the outtakes. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's yeah. a little bit of both you get attention and you know people are curious like what you have maybe like oh what is this you know it could be maybe like oh i want this fool to say some dumb shit or or yeah. you know yeah. like and like that attention isn't always like you know props isn't always in a positive it's, it's always it's, it's oftentimes is dumb checking you even more you know what i'm saying and i'm sure it's the same case for you in the battle scene right because you know they probably seen you initially as a target until you have to prove yourself right you know right, what I mean? Right, so, right. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, JK, obviously, I know you and I can vouch for your authenticity. And I think in general, when people are pressed on something like this, they'll revert back to the authenticity argument and nobody can take away an individual's upbringing or whatever. It's it's bigger than that, though. It's broader than that. It's, it's like the bigger issue of kind of people capitalizing on what has been, you know, black culture essentially or no of course uh, yeah you know i'm 1000 percent very much aware of that if anything like it's kind of it's kind of funny because i always had a uh an inkling to call that shit out um on what's happening in the korean hip-hop scene right like whenever i see like you know kids in, in in korea like you know that has never stepped foot in america like adopting trap culture or at least adopting the trap look you know what i'm saying that yeah. should always kind of like raise an eyebrow for me because like I've seen like you know shit happening in the hood, not because I was directly affiliated, but like I was there when my car got shot up. Like when I seen the repercussions of what these type of environments, you know, what people from these type of environments go through. You know what I'm saying? I want to pick it up from here. Uh, I was, you know, all this conversation. You know, when you see TikTok, because there's a lot of like lip syncing in TikTok, right? And they take a lot of these uh, viral internet clips, the audio from it, and people reenact it. And a lot of it is very um, like uh, black community uh, internet clips. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you know, and does that bother you in any way when you see any of that? Is there any? Because some, some, there's some cringe stuff too. 
I haven't seen any cringe stuff, but I will say though, like, I think you know, it's it's it's, it's definitely um from like a social uh like just this is just a human behavior and like the way that the kids are consuming information, because first off, like the 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 kids that are on TikTok, they're literally kids, you know what I'm saying, right. and they're getting access to so much information, so much content, and just so much like tools to be creative to do different things that in itself to me that i'm like yo like do they even have time to process this you know what i mean to process i, I the was fact just curious that... where the black scent line is drawn when it comes to <laughs> lip syncing right i'm just i'm just curious i mean it's a pretty loose line i would say in general if you've been on the internet or on social media at all before tiktok after tiktok we know that kind of like black culture kind of runs it you know i mean I could speak from experience, as you mentioned, like with Jesus and Mero, that's like their black Twitter gods, right? So it's it's kind of just the lingua franca of social media and the internet. And I think it's it can be problematic at times, but it's just it just shows you the power of black culture, really. I mean, mm -hmm. for me on TikTok, it's interesting because like I, I know I'm old and everything. I don't participate in TikTok, but I watch TikTok every night or every other night, usually just for like an hour. And it's like the perfect platform maybe for pandemic but just in general because you don't have to follow anybody it just your for you feed just feeds you shit and it's people that are working to entertain you and it's maybe it's because of what i've shared and what i've liked because of the algorithms but most of the shit i get is like very specific ethnic humor like mm. br brown dads be like yeah white whitewashed arabs be like korean dads be like and shit like that and that stuff always hits for me and even though I'm not Arab, obviously, or Indian or whatever, that specific kind of ethnic humor is, is like really popping that on TikTok. That's specific as fuck. At least white on my Whitewashed Arabs? Whitewashed? What, what whitewashed yeah. Arabs be like? God yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And nah, so, and I get mass specific shit too. Yeah. Yeah. And then like New York specific stuff. Uh, and then yep. stuff like JK, which is kind of like a. a, a, a a mashup of kind of like a few different things also is hitting. So uh, it's really interesting human theater, honestly, TikTok. Just, I mean, now it sounds like a social anthropologist boomer talking, but it's really interesting <laughs> to see now, I was, how- I was trying to relay that, but in, in, a, in a different format, but I think Donnie Hyun kind of like encapsulated that really well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's entertaining as fuck. I mean, that's, you know, and, you know, like, Obviously, TikTok has become known for like the renegade and for like the savage dances and, and the lip syncing stuff. But I'm seeing a lot of minorities use the platform to make very specific ethnic based humor. Yeah. That to me, as somebody that makes content and is trying to sell content like that is interesting because like I feel like that is funny. And you're seeing yeah, that with shows like Rami and stuff like that. It's true. It's true. And everyone wants in your show. Um, Higher level production, that is actually what they want. As I go into meetings for uh, pitches, pitch meetings and developing things, they want me to lean in way more into my culture. You know, yeah. it's like literally a request they have. And, and it's funny because back in the day, I feel like when I would try to pitch stuff, you know, I would just try to be more general with the, the story ideas and because yeah. I'm trying to reach everybody. But I mean, it goes now, back to the braised short ribs. 
you know, like trying to kind of yeah, like I, I used to make your short ribs in her ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're in her ass. Yeah, nah, is, yeah. Because the more niche it is, is actually the more global, right? You know, like because mm, I mean, going yeah. back to hip hop, like like Mob Deep talks about Forty First Side, like which is one block in like the Queensbridge housing projects, and like the likelihood of the listeners, the Mob Deep's listenership has actually physically been there very slim but it's the language the culture whatever references that they point out it has universal appeal because it's so niche and so specific you know what i, I mean just, i want to i want to let all the viewers of fun with dumb know that jakey is from queens <laughs> okay 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 just maybe in case three, they didn't catch that just in case he hasn't yeah, just in case or maybe times, maybe right? maybe snoop dog maybe snoop dog you know what yeah. i mean like talking well, about I ask, let, let me ask you that you know with hip-hop obviously there's there was music attached to it so when you make those references there was a lot of kids curious about those places and they might do some research is there enough of a curiosity right now with Asian references that we might make? Like, are, is that totally we... hell yeah? You know, like the first video that I the the well the second video that I put up on TikTok, which was of me cooking, was uh, me just cooking tteokbokki, right? Which is like rice cake smothered in hot chili paste with sweetness and all types of other like you know ingredients, <laughs> whatever. But like a lot of the comments were like, "Yo, I thought um, I thought they were uh, uh, what is it like cheese doodles." It was like, yo, those are not cheese doodles. Yo, some people say, yo, that shit look like tampons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, like, a lot, of, some of the comments were like, yo, where's the duck? You said duckbooky. Like, where's the duck? You know what I mean? Like, right. li literally, you know what I'm saying? So, I think just so you like think having. Korean food is up there right now. Like, like oh, yeah. As far Hell as the yeah. ranking of like most popular Asian cuisines right now, top three. Top three, I would say, like, in terms of interest, I would say Korea is number one. Number like one? at least amongst really? at least amongst Gen Zers, you would you know say I mean? number one. I would say number one, just because like I look at the hashtags on TikTok, right? So when I look at like, cause you you see the direct stats, like how yeah. many people have posted content about Korean food? It's in like it's it's really high compared to Japanese food and Chinese food or Thai food. Interesting. Or what happens? And, and you'll and you'll you see know? too like something like Talguna coffee, the whipped coffee. I mean, you know, arguably, I think Malaysians or Southeast Asians and Indians have been drinking that for years, but Koreans kind of made it popping, and that became like a big food trend, you know, in the last so, month or two months. And now everybody. Yo, Koreans appropriate mad different other Asian food, man. Look at kare, you know what I'm saying, or curry. You know what Wait, I mean? so you're saying that I've been looking like a fool, saying short. A braised short rib this whole time <laughs> i look like a fucking unaware fool <laughs> like nah I, mean, yeah. I think it's good to explain what it is as well but you know i mean back to jay key's cooking thing though i've been kind of nudging him too to kind of <laughs> do some like all korean episodes as well just to flex sort of his range yeah and i think that, yeah. that might be interesting in the future for sure for sure so damn there uh what you guys don't know all you listeners out there there are ghost tiktokers out there uh, clearly, <laughs> yeah, ghostwriting TikToks is a thing, ladies and gentlemen, and we have an interview with our very own oh, Quentin wow. Miller. I, I'm turning, I'm turning the question to Dom now. Like, what's uh, your TikTok account, bro? <laughs> okay, this is something a field that I've been having quite difficulty with. Um, mm. Obviously, but you're so entertaining, man. It's so weird. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, Twitter in the last year, I've been just like thoughts come up, and I, you know, I've been tweeting right. up a storm, and it's very easy and 
TikTok, I think there's too many <laughs> tools. I think that's what it is. There's too many tools. You know, it is kind of intimidating, low key, when you see all the options, the transitions you can do, the filters. Yeah. Like I don't touch any of that shit. I just literally record, stop, record, stop, record, stop until like I get to the minute. I trim it down a little bit, do a little ah ah, you know, and put it That's out. That's why there. I'm envious of you on that element because your your whole thing doesn't require all the all those tools. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then on top of that, like I have to cook anyway because I have to eat. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm making content in the process, but I, I would have had to done this anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, you are using the New York accent tool. I want to, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of the most popular tools available on TikTok. Oh, so wow. I, wanna, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the New York accent filter, you know what I'm saying? The, the New York Nico filter that he just yeah, introduced yeah, yeah. to TikTok? That is, yep, yep, I'll, I'll, yep. Say, I'll say this, when it comes to content, food is definitely a cheat code you know like you don't really need to do anything crazy for food but yeah, everything I, else yeah yeah like i was shocked like because the, the the video of me rec making rice i i did that because i wanted to show people like save the rice water <laughs> yeah. but like yo fools were tripping over that shit like you know a lot of like comments like critiquing me like nah that's not how you do it why are you saving the rice water yeah that's a not whole, how I do like it. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole. I, I will say, there's a couple of things that you done did that kind of threw me off that I've never even heard about before. And I'm not mm. saying I'm a huge like food content <laughs> consumer, but right. the the way you measured the rice was a little bit different from how people usually measure the rice. Yeah, no, nah, like some people, some people do it with the finger. You know what I mean? That's the what I thought. With I thought you do yeah. it with the first line on your finger, but yeah, you were I mean, doing I what, was. What were you doing? Like I, I just oh, kind of do it with the hand until like it hits like a certain point right here, and that's kind of how my mom did it. You know what I mean? So yeah, but your shit is up. you got to throw the whole fucking hand in that motherfucker. That seems a little <laughs> bit. I mean, you know, it still comes out righteously, you know. So <laughs> this guy's. Yeah, still I've always thought Jakey's <laughs> cooking tutorials to me. I don't know. Maybe people are following them, but it's not like it's entertainment to me more than like you know actually taking lessons and trying to make what he's making the way he's making it i don't know sounds yeah, like i mean hating. no I don't, yeah, yeah it sounds like it? sounds like hate you know what I mean? <laughs> sounds like accusations <laughs> nah but I, I make it i make it very clear though i make it very clear to people like nah like i you know i'm not like a trained cook you know what i'm saying i'm just somebody just whipping shit up in the crib you know well, like we know you've commented you've you've responded to everything you know what i mean because yeah <laughs> I, I do i have to because i know real chefs you know what i'm saying like i know real chefs like doing this shit for life and i don't i never want to you know come off like yo like i know what i'm doing you know what i'm saying i do like you because i i read i'm a i'm a fan of, of your tiktok and i've seen you i can tell you. man yeah you know, <laughs> you know my follower counts i followed you very every well. five thousand. you know uh yeah yeah, uh, yeah like, you check up counts. on me son but I've noticed you do comment, um, you reply, at least for right now when you can, you're replying to every comment. And uh, it kind of does shut up a lot of people. And I kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like someone will say some shit and you respond just casually and like you know your shit in the response. I think you he gets whatever. a little, you get a little aggro though. I do, man, of course. <laughs> you know me in real life, man. You know, if somebody tries to talk to me like they know me, I got to let them know what's up. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know? And I also, like, if, you know, like, I also think, like, if some, something needs to be addressed, it's, it's, it's better to just address it from the very beginning instead of, like, let, like, conversations float and mutate into something else, you know? 
Uh, yeah, and ultimately, just as a content creator, like an individual, it's just engagement. It's audience engagement is what you would call it, right? So whether you're shouting them down or just engaging with them, it's going to like build your following too or like right. you know make you seem like a real person yeah no i i, I do really enjoy that you've really dumb do you do you uh follow do you comment back or do you like ignore them at this point because you've been doing this for so long i i don't I'm, i've never been good with uh commenting on <laughs> on fans and i should i should because that's important you know like i know like jesse uh you know k-pop star who's huge and has thousands of like comments she comments back a, to a lot of people Right. And I'm like, how the fuck you got time for this shit? It's fucking nuts. I mean, um, it's a much yeah. more slippery slope when you're an artist, too, though, because ultimately, because, JK, you're just like an individual. Who knows where this TikTok career goes? But you're just yourself doing your thing, and you've attracted an organic following. <laughs> I didn't like, know this was a career, but okay. <laughs> why, why? No, because if I, you're an artist. There's definitely potential to be, be a yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sure. But I'm saying for, like, if you're an artist ultimately you need fans to like buy your shit you know so it's not like you're gonna like talk down to everybody that comes at you it's kind of like it can get risky that way you know like of course of course to yeah. alienate alienate people totally totally i mean but it's the haters you know like it's you're not responding to just a fan you're responding to some of the haters which is kind of yeah. fun you know? it is but i guess like dignifying them with the response gives them power you know what i mean that's true it does true. i i've literally it's felt like you got my attention <laughs> I barely, I literally felt those exact moments where someone comments, gets me riled up. I comment and I look at it. And I'm like, oh, I lost. Like I literally <laughs> seen the beginning, middle, and end of that, and you never really come out winning, you know? Yeah, yeah um, for sure, for sure. Because yeah, they, they, you know, at the end of the day, they're just craving attention, like Quakin said. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, Donnie, real quick. Um, as somebody who works in the field of kind of scouting um online content as well and and creators like have you always kind of had that curiosity far as on being on social media and looking for that kind of uh, a and ring this kind of content how much uh, of it is like you doing your work for your job to and your curiosity oh, you i want to know like the balance of those two You guys froze. Oh yeah, you froze. No, no, Did you no, hear no, we good. We good. Yeah. Did you hear me? I didn't. I didn't hear the question. Oh no, I was just saying how much of it is the balance, you know? Because now I hear you saying like you're talking about TikTok, like it's it's the channel that you're your favorite channel that you're watching right now. In the yeah. end of the day, but what's the balance right now of your curiosity of like, you know, kids on social media and TikTok craze to to your job? Well, without getting too specific about it. You know, I can't say that it's my thing, so to speak, but I, I would say if you're in the business of creating content, then you kind of have to evolve with how content evolves. And I would say specifically now in this pandemic time, what we've seen is like all of a sudden, everybody from the big production, James Corden, Jimmy Fallon, those types are in the same boat with the same circumstances as J.K. Cho or whatever youtuber or tiktoker and it's proven that the youtubers and tiktokers are kind of at an at an advantage because you've seen some kind of hiccups with i mean actually you know it's gotten traction like the trevor noah's and the jimmy fallon's doing their shows with very low production and kind of just like face to camera but the people that are really familiar with that format and 
kind of like talking to audiences or doing things to entertain people one one to one are the ones that are standing out i guess and when everybody's in that same boat you kind of realize how talented actually tiktokers and youtubers are mm. keeping your attention and having that relationship to the audience and to the camera you know and that's why like twitch is popping now it's like um and it kind of just shows you in the in the bigger picture too that like maybe these high production values aren't necessary and 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 TikTok, like I said, every single person on TikTok, their aim in that short amount of time, granted, is to entertain you somehow, some way, whether it's whatever they're doing. And that's why, to me, it's the best social platform because it's Damn, like that's, that's actually kind of a warning. A lot of these production checks might actually get cut. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, talent is always going to rise to the top. And I think, you know, at some, some you know, like high production values do our premium content is always going to fly. It's always going to sell. But I think what I'm really seeing with TikTokers is like, uh, there's a lot of talent out there and people with kind of good ideas and interesting voices and, and whether or not they can extend that into longer form, who knows, but I'm For starting sure. to kind of actively scout, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think no, there's I mean, a lot of people who are looking at this kind of uh, world at a standstill situation and feeling a little relieved because I feel like as a content creator every day there was so much stuff and everything's moving so fast yeah. it does even the playing field a lot you know it does. and it, I think it for, for somebody who's been grinding and seeing all these announcements of productions and people getting TV shows and stuff it it, it it makes me feel good knowing that I, I'm this independent content creator who, who's able to work in these kind of circumstances. Yeah, it right. levels the playing field. I mean, do you remember this, like, maybe it's like a film buff thing, but there was this thing called Dogma 95, where there was like a set of film limitations. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was like a genre of film, and it was like, you know, it has to be all authentic sound, like, and there's an editing style. I mean, I can't really remember the criteria. But yeah. that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like every, I mean, like even fucking Stephen Colbert is looking at his laptop camera and talking, you know, it's like we're all in the same boat. I mean, that's why I think SNL has been kind of doing some interesting things because they've used the limitations but made some funny skits out of it. I mean, not all of them are hitting. But right. that's what's really interesting to me is seeing how people can, you know, given these limitations, really get creative and figure yeah. out like something that we haven't seen before. But why, yeah, why yeah. hasn't why hasn't a lot of the specific cultural like what we were talking about those TikToks right that are very culturally uh, specific, why haven't we seen a lot of those on TV right now? Why why aren't there compilations of TikToks on top? Because I mean essentially like like how anything with big media right by the time they catch on, it's already late, or you know like because every the youth powers every movement. You know, whatever the, the youth is doing, like, you know, like same thing with like rap music or anything that we were like into when we were growing up. By the time like our adults where you saw it on TV on a commercial, like that shit was already like, nah, like that shit. But is I mean, isn't gone, that, you know? but isn't that better than like seeing like what Kate Blanchett is doing during quarantine? <laughs> like, I'm just nah, saying. I agree. I, totally. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, uh, to, to Kwak Young's point, like having an equal playing field amongst all creators, it's great, but... That doesn't also mean like the gatekeepers and you know all the checks that you gotta sign off doesn't exist anymore. You know, 
If yeah, anything, yeah, I mean, and people can yeah. just go to TikTok to look at TikTokers, I guess. I mean, honestly, though, if if a linear net, if NBC created a thirty-minute show that's just like the best of TikTok, it would hit. I mean, <laughs> I, shit, I, I, I think you just gave away. Like really America's agree. funniest home videos, but like exactly. in a TikTok format, yo, exactly. Easy. Yeah, bum, bum. I mean, literally, literally Tosh 2.0, you yeah. know. But what's going on right now? I mean, it's really a good time for a Tosh 2.0 type show right now. For Fuck that TikTok. shit, son. Dumb, some you get a show, son. Just do that shit. Just do it okay. in your crib. All you need is a green screen. I would love to do a Tosh 2.0 of TikToks, considering I, I don't know how to make a single TikTok right now. <laughs> this would be, That's all. This yo, would be it doesn't a, matter. It doesn't matter. You could just make it, man. You could do it. Nah, it'd be a blessing in this I'm, I'm not sure what the rights and clearances are on that, but yeah, I mean, it's ultimately just what UGC, right? User-generated content. And I mean, yeah. I spend, like I said, an hour up to an hour just looking at scrolling mindlessly through TikTok. Kwok Young is the watcher, man. He's the quacker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's the tick-quack. We need a TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? The TikTok. I, I love the platform, man. It's just, it's. Is that your favorite form of entertainment during quarantine right now? I'll say, okay, I, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I think my three favorite things in well, quarantine. Well, you think about your favorite form of entertainment. <laughs> you, you make lists. Let me think about what I really enjoy <laughs> right now. <laughs> One has been the versus battles. You okay. Know, right? Versus the, battles on okay. IG Live, we actually watched one together. Yeah, which is interesting because it's like appointment television, but via IG. And uh, anyway, that's that. The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, which shows that like a real premium documentary series is still gonna hit, especially right. obviously it's Michael Jordan. And then TikTok. So it's those three things that have been carrying me through. I haven't been watching the, a lot of movies or binging TV shows. Or, same, same. I yeah. mean, out, out of the three, though, like two of them is based on nostalgia. I think yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting, too, because mm. that versus battle that you actually saw with the group was DJ Premier and the RZA. You know what I mean? And like, obviously, Michael, jo yeah, Michael Jordan's, um, you know, games on The Last Dance, like, you know, those were like pivotal moments in the 90s, you know what I mean? Yeah, Which is... I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like every year since Trump got elected, not to get political, but every year since 2016, it seems like people say 2016 is trash, 2017 is trash, etc. 2020 has clearly been trash for a lot of people. It's only natural that people are going to look back into a time when things were maybe less crazy, simpler. And, totally. Uh, and that nostalgia, you know, we're hitting that nerve a lot, like you said, with Last Dance and Versus. Yeah, and on, on top of that, I also kind of, it, this kind of reminds me a little bit like uh, of 2008 during the financial crisis, because um, I remember when music video production, the value of the music videos, like the quality of it significantly decreased when the financial crisis hit. You know what I mean? Like all these music videos started being shot on like DSLR cameras from like going from full big production. And uh, I think it was also around the same time when you know, rappers and a lot of musicians really started to, uh, you know, co-op like cultures from the past. Like that's when you started seeing like a, a, a resurgence of like the 90s sound and a lot yeah. of like the rappers that were born in like the mid 90s, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because that era, you know, the late 2000s, uh, you know, post-recession, that era really molded all this success and all these checks that were being thrown around like the last few years you know what i mean so i think well, me, we are 
yeah, we're kind of like in a golden era, like, like, well, not a, not a golden era for, you know, obviously people suffering from the economic and the, the social and the health consequences it is. But as a creator, there's a lot of opportunities, I feel like, that is happening right now. Are, are you guys looking at, like, uh, as bosses who have, who employ people under you guys, are you looking at their capability to adjust and uh, and learn the technology and judging them and seeing like who is gonna stick around and who's not like are do you guys catch yourself doing that in these circumstances i'm sorry judging what <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying looking at <laughs> my bad i mean i didn't explain that right looking at the people you employ and seeing how are, are people coming up with solutions or adjusting to the technology and the change and figuring out, like, I don't know if this motherfucker is gonna stick around for any. Yeah, you know what? I, I could I could address that because, um, yeah, I told I, I'm definitely yeah. That's that's one thousand percent at least for me. You know, like, cause, um, it, it, it's, it's actually interesting because um, I first experienced that where I actually felt that when I was an intern at Complex. So this was back in like the late two thousands when uh, print publications started to really fold and. Complex was at the forefront of transitioning into web. And at the time, this is before video, this was, you know, blogs, like blog posts, having articles on a timely manner, um, getting the first to like produce uh, premiere stuff, so on and so forth. But I was clinging on because I wanted, I, you know, I jumped into that game thinking I was going to get bylines and physical magazines. So I was really trying to cling on to like, oh man, like having my name in print, you know, it's probably better, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause even though I was young, like my brain was just kind of wired to think that there's more prestige in print. But right. you know, guys like Donnie Hyung and other members of like the Complex's edit team would like tell me consistently, it's like, nah, son, like get on this online shit, get on Twitter, get on Google Analytics. You got to learn this shit now. You know what I mean? Just so you can stay ahead of the curve. And um, you know, it, you know, I definitely feel like something like that is happening right now as well. You know. Like yeah. if you if you know if you're like a content creator and then like you know if I tell you like yo there's a whole new movement that is happening with TikTok, Instagram is already becoming like a millennial thing, and you're not really trying to like understand that, then yo it just tells me like yo you're not trying to get down with the times you know. Was there some shit back then like during Complex like you know when it's when it's very heavily focused on like the hip hop culture, that like I mean it still is but I'm saying whenever when you were in like rap media in particular like an employee says some like dumb shit or doesn't know a thing about like a, a, like you mentioned like a rapper he don't know about it and you're like oh this motherfucker's gonna get fired like, <laughs> was there like that one thing <laughs> nah i can't really remember anything specific <laughs> like that but i, I will say just, this i will yeah. say this kwa was like would occasionally test the interns in the office and just be like yo yo like he would just say something like in the middle of the office be like yo who knows dj mugs and then just like, what? I'll be like, yeah, I do. You know what I mean? Like, I know who DJ Muggs is. You know what I mean? I don't even and then he would, that. And then he would say like, yo, who could uh, transcribe the Clips interview? You know, like the Clips, like the rap duo, they yeah. sound really similar. And like, you know, to transcribe it, that shit is a pain in the ass, you know, because you got to understand the, the, the very subtle differences between Malice and Pusha T. I, and I'll be like, yo, I could do it. You know what I mean? Like, so, I, remember wow, I, I remember Sway testing me. I went into the wake up show when I was like, 16 or 17 years old like oh, shit. I, was part of, I was part of this like 
Project uh, Glow. No, even before that, it was like a youth hip-hop after-school inner-city program thing. <laughs> oh, that's So fire, they took man. a bunch of us kids who were like rappers. We went in there as like, a, as like a, the counselor and then like the six, seven kids. And there was a dude in there, like this uh, black dude, and then uh, Sway was like, yo, y'all know who this is? This is a fucking legend right here. Y'all know who this is? <laughs> and I, I was like, well, fuck, better, th- better think of something quick, you know? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Is that Eric Sermon? <laughs> it's like, Eric Sermon? Nah, this is E. Swift from the Alcoholics and shit. And like, yeah, I just got it wrong. And I just threw out a name. I don't even know why I said Eric Sermon. That was Close. Like that. I mean, E. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what he said. I think it, was, I think it starts with an E. You know? That's what I thought Eric Sermon was like. E-double. But, uh, no, but back to the original question. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, in general, I think media companies in order to survive have to evolve and adjust to the times and that's you know throughout history but i think now the pandemic has really kind of accelerated that and made it even more urgent because you know um these these ad dollars are not as what what they were and and people need to figure out how to get people's attention and i think Mm. that to me is like a challenge and is interesting you know because it's like typically we evolve but it takes time and now there's no time, so it's just like we got to figure out what's next. And, what and that's wild because Fakion, like, you've experienced the dot com, you know, like that revolution in the early two thousands. Then you yeah. experienced like the, the 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 pretty much the death of print in the late two thousands, and now you over here like really experiencing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Three industrial media revolutions. You've survived. I remember. Yeah, you. I remember <laughs> when the shift was happening, Donnie, for you from the pigeon carriers to the. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We went from the ancient hieroglyphics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you really <laughs> survived everything there. Morse code. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. The industrial print revolution. I remember you first covered William Shakespeare. Yeah, bars, bro. Um, yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up over here. Um, I, I, we had some really in-depth. It sounded, it did sound like we were breaking down TikTok on a, on a washed level, but it was it was great. I loved it. Actually. Yeah, man. Bro. I mean, keep keep it, publish it, even if it doesn't get published. I enjoy talking to my bros. You know, yeah. I think we should always just talk. I want you know, I felt like I needed a kind of a balance to break some stuff down because me, Rick, and Rec were kind of yelling at each other for a couple episodes. And I just wanted to. <laughs> Yo, I'll say this, man. Like, I've listened to a majority of your fun with dumb episodes, um, and those have been the most entertaining for me personally. I think just the dynamic that you guys have, it's like the closest thing to like an Asian American Howard Stern at its prime. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's hilarious. Man. It's hilarious. Has a lot of like Stop just, just random up. innuendos. <laughs> Yo, I know, and it's a, it's a fine balance because you know Rex says wow shit that is like super left field, but is always entertaining. Rick wraps it up mad like in, a, in an articulate format. And dumb it's is a good therapy. Host, it's therapy so, for us because we all definitely have we're working out our friendship. And I, I, I like <laughs> I, I like this show because it does give us an opportunity to work out the friendship because I feel like. How often do we sit down together if like a friendship is having problems and kind of discuss those issues? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, totally. we don't really do that with each other as dudes too. It's like, yo, I think we have this resentment towards each other. Cause you know, like when do we sit down and do that kind of shit? You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I said totally. earlier in the show that I have envy of Jay Key's TikTok fame. So 
Yeah, I could have really, really stretched that out even more, but I decided oh to keep God. that under wraps. I decided to keep that under wraps. <laughs> Yo, I but, can I, but, but can I just um, um, give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Kwak? Don't, don't shout out Elmer's Hospital. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to shout out Elmer's Hospital. You know, like, yo, Kwak yeah, yeah. knows, like, my, yo, if, if there's an impersonator, like a body double, at least a voice double, I think Kwak could actually do it. At this point, he knows Maybe. all my little. Jake Keys had quite the that. month, you know, like quite the two months actually. Um, I think there's a lot of people who've been thriving during this quarantine. Um, and yeah, bro, this month has been crazy for Jake. I'm about to be his manager for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, but um, can I just uh give a shout out to uh, uh the best NY shirt contest? That is, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not the sh contest. This is the coming out tomorrow, is, so you can nah, shout out whatever. Yeah, nah, nah, the yeah. contest is. Is done, but we are uh, we we're selling three winning designs right now on alumniofny.com, and um, we started sale on Monday, and so far we've sold about twenty five hundred tees. Uh, wow! Yeah, so it's all going, like towards, days, going towards a good cause as well. Yeah, it's all going to charity. It's going to God's Love NYC and the campaign against hunger. So you know, I know you know situations are tight right now, but if you are able to, you know, please check that out and uh, support us for a good cause. Yeah, and I know you'll be particip. You're the, you're going to be you created and will be participating in the best NY Asian competition. I believe that's uh, uh going to launch tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> really milking Yo, the shit out of this best yeah, NY thing, yeah, huh? Yeah, of course, of course, man. You know, for Asian Heritage Month, I had to do it for my brothers <laughs> and sisters. You know, I got to hold it down. You know. Um, thank you so much, Jakey Cho, Danny Kwok. Uh, we're gonna have you guys on again. I, I got to mix it up. I, maybe every for the next couple of weeks, I'll just switch off another two people from the group chat that we yeah, have. Yeah, see what the commenters say. Maybe they don't like us. Or they might like <laughs> it's gonna be. Is, it's, it's, is, it's definitely this, a change this, from the Rick this, and Rex. This is, no, this is definitely the dynamic of Kwak Young and me. Like, I'm like overly confident. It's like, yo, it's gonna be all good. And Kwak Young's like, damn, I don't know, son. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Constantly you having that. doubts. Bro. You need, you need so, somebody to check your overconfidence, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yin and yang. And then, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode of Fun with Dumb. Peace. Peace, peace, peace.